Well, depending on where you are in the world right now, uh, for a lot of us, it's hot. I was about to say, please tell me you're talking about the heat yeah. here in Texas. <laughs> the what is it? The heat dome. It's time going to go to Australia and in get the in the southwest winter. Southwest or to the mountains and get up at about you know ten thousand feet and higher. That would be amazing. Completely different. But we also are hoping that it's not just the temperature outside that's hot, but also lives can be hot. Marriages can be hot. Mm-hmm. Because you're being intentional, you're being uh, taking some time out to spend it with your spouse, with those you care about, and be engaged and involved. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're about at Passionately Married here. We want to help people live passionate lives and let that be in their marriage. And also uh, let it just exude to other people mm-hmm. and be shared all along the way. And mm-hmm. so I'm Dr. Corey Allen alongside my wife, Pam where we're having honest conversations to help uh, cultivate the space between you and your spouse and those in the relationships that you have, right? Mm -hmm. So I think this applies to a lot of us in a lot of different ways in relationships. So we want to hear from you and what questions you've got, what comments you may have, uh, topics you would love us to cover or continue to address. 214-702-9565, feedback at passionatelymarried.net. And coming up today on the regular version of today's episode is uh, Ellen Shute, who is a social worker, a licensed social worker, and she has a book and a framework. The book is called What Drives You, Mm -hmm. and it's the framework of looking at relationship systems. So there's a lot of them out there Mm -hmm. if you're new and you're not a therapist jumping into this conversation, because we jump right in in this conversation (laughs) But it, it's understanding there's a lot of different ways to go about trying to help people. And one of the ways is through a relationship system lens or a family of origin lens, if you will. And this was key to me. Um, I know when you first got into this field of work, I, mean, you, I remember you using the word systems and I was like, what does that even mean? Right. Um, so, you know, we kick off the interview talking about systems and well, that's what this is. Right. What, what you're saying right there, it's it's. How does your family system work? Right. What did you experience growing up? And it affects what you do today. And right. there's, um, there's birth order approaches out there that if you're the firstborn or the middle child or the lastborn, that, that has a predictor of what your experience was like and kind of what will happen in that dynamic. And so this is one with Ellen. She uses the metaphor of a car. And Which is great, a it's, great metaphor. It's a fantastic and accessible metaphor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what we're talking about in the regular version is just that concept and how it applies to understanding who we are, how we've become, and then what do we do about it? That's the key. What do we do about it? And yeah. and understanding that and not playing a blame game on something else, but just getting a better picture of me so that I can figure out right where that comes from and deal with it. We love the phrase, if you can't see it, you can't change it. Yeah. And so sometimes we, un- I, I ask this question of myself sometimes, where did that come from on mm-hmm. a reaction or a mm-hmm. urge or a mannerism or something being curious and where did that come from? Can oftentimes uncover, well, now I see it. Well, now I can do something about it if I want to. And then on the extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at passionatelymarried.net forward slash academy. And now until August, the end of August in 2023, if you use the word summer 23 as you join, if you join the academy or the masterclass level on the monthly level, you get the first month free. 
So take advantage of that because this will be coming to an end here in about a month-ish. So, But as we go into the extended content, um, this is one of those episodes where we uh, the tables get turned, if you will. I become the client. And we dive into my family of origin and, and what, what was my learn? role in my in the car? What was the dynamic in my car growing up? Corey's deep dark secrets are revealed. All that's coming up on today's show. It's the middle of summer and blazing hot for many of us in the nation. Ladies, another way to turn up the heat is wearing the right shapewear. Thanks to Honey Love, who's supporting today's episode. I have all the help I need to turn up the heat for how I feel and look. Honey Love has revolutionized the shapewear and bra game so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. It's still wedding season and perhaps you want to accent your curves, but not all of them. With Honey Love, you can accentuate your shape, look and feel sexy without the cost of being uncomfortable and reaching the point where you can't wait until you get the thing off. They offer the same help when it comes to bras as well. Their bras give you great support without the uncomfortable underwire. In fact, their bras are so comfortable, I can sometimes forget that I'm still wearing them. I'll help you remember, baby. <laughs> Ladies, this summer, Honey Love helps you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, a night out, or an everyday boost of confidence. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order at honeylove.com slash passion. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash passion. Ellen Shute is joining me today for the episode. And Ellen, this is this is going to be fun because uh, I was raised by a father that's a systems guy and I have a sister that's a social worker. And then I'm also <laughs> in the field too. So uh, anytime yes. there's a colleague that, that has a, a lot of like-minded or similar overlap, man, it's a lot of fun to have the conversations like that. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I love talking to systems people. I feel like I take systems and then add another layer to it. Um, and so I'm really excited to tell you about my theories and what I think yeah. and to chat about it. Well, you just teed up perfectly to jump in, I guess, if you take systems okay. and add another layer. So let's explain yes. the layer. So the layer is... If we understand the power of a family system, and in my book, I use the metaphor of a car to describe a family, and we talk about everybody having their seat in the car and everybody having a role to play, That and everybody playing their role is what keeps the car going, basically, from today to tomorrow to the next day. Right. Uh, my uh, The way that I take it further is to help people understand how that seat that they had in the car growing up actually created the person that they are today. Absolutely. Much of that is conscious and much of that is unconscious. And we take our learning from the car with us into our lives, into creating 
other cars into our relationships, into our work, um, into our child rearing. We take that knowledge with us. And for the most part, it works for us. But all of us have these places in our life where that we wish were more satisfying or more loving or easier. And a lot of times what is stopping those things from happening is the actual thing that we learned in the car growing up. Okay. So, so let's, let's, is, think, let's unpack yes. that a little bit on, um, okay. because I, I love the metaphor. Okay. Because I think if we can start to recognize dynamics, uh, tendencies, uh, preferences, you know, insert qualifying <laughs> characteristic yes. here, right? Yes. Um, right. So briefly describe like the places as you see them or, or the, the sure. impact they're in, because I think there's multi layers to this just from, from guessing where we're heading today. Yes, there are. And I, I like to talk about my car growing up because I think that it's the one I know the best and it's Perfect. the one that actually spurred this whole thing for me to, to come to understand create the metaphor and understand it in this way. So I grew up as an only child. It just coincidentally, my parents were both also only children. So in our car growing up, my my father was in the driver's seat. He was the wage earner back in those times, most dads Mm -hmm. were. Um, My mom was a stay-at-home mom. um, And her, her role was in the front passenger seat. But if you asked me who was really driving our car, I would probably say that even though my dad sat in that seat, that my mom really drove it because she directed every single movement that he made just okay. from her seat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my role in the car was to be alone in the back seat. I always was alone in the back seat. And All cars have their rules, and many times the rule is not spoken, but in our car, the rule was spoken, and that rule was that little girls are to be seen and not heard. So I was was born a good girl, a rule follower. I I was just going to go along with and Mm -hmm. do what was expected of me. In my car, the the secondary rule was that you look pretty at all times. Um, It was just a very well put together car in terms of how everybody presented and looked. But my role in the back seat by myself gave me a vantage point to come to understand myself and the world that I wouldn't have had had I been in a car with other children, um, Mm -hmm. with sitting in a different seat in the car. I know other only children, and their seat in the car was the front passenger seat because one of the parents was in the back. Right. But my seat was in the back, being quiet, shutting up, not having any needs, and trying to look pretty. And while that may have worked really well for my parents' configuration, didn't work so well for me as a grown-up adult. Mm-hmm. And I have spent much of my life um, and done much work on my life coming to overcome many of the things that I left my car with, which was 
not having a voice, being totally independent, not ever needing anybody's help. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I I would say that I was lonely in the backseat and my life really has been about gathering people to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I have three kids and seven grandkids and they're all here all the time. And that's (laughs) just, I think about the three of us in that car. And then I think about the 15 of us for dinner when we have dinner Mm -hmm. every week. Mm -hmm. And I think I did that. Like I wanted that. That was my creation as a result of my car experience. Right. That's almost like uh, growing a voice. Isn't it that exactly. it goes against yes. you know what was kind of taught or expected early on, and now all of a sudden you're like, no, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna create some power here and go different than my experience was. Yes, when I can do that, but mm-hmm. I'll still, I'll tell you that a lot of times in my life, still, I have no voice when I wish I did. It's not so easy to just. Mm-hmm. It's great to realize it. And that's what my book is about. Oh, that's why I wish I could just come back at this person, but I can't. I, Mm -hmm. I've tried, I've worked on it. I, I, I can't at times. And so (laughs) my book is about coming to understand that that's how you developed. This was no one's intent in my car that I developed like that. This was Mm -hmm. just my understanding of who I was supposed to be. Um, and I, I have to now treat myself with compassion when I can't do it. Right. Because as much as I would like to, my body just isn't going to let me. It's too scary. It's just too scary. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause these are ingrown things that are like, they're almost like, you know, there's, I think there's this element of, uh, biology and then na- nurturing, right? What you're what you're raised around, yes. but also the way you're kind of biologically bent, if you will. Yes, because that's, that's the differences exactly between right. introvert extrovert. You know, some people it's a learned thing. Some people it's just inherent. <laughs> that's just who they I, are. I I completely agree. Okay. Um, I'm I'm grateful for my biology because I think it is why I have all these people around me now. Um, mm-hmm. because I just wasn't happy in this little small threesome. I like a lot. I, and, and so I'm happy that, that my biology was given opportunities to present itself in my life. My mother yeah. used to tell the story when I was two years old that we would go to a restaurant and I'd be out of my seat and on the person at the next table's lap because I was always just gathering, looking for people to, to be, be part of my mm-hmm. life. Okay. So that's my story in a nutshell. And okay. uh, you can see the, the, the roles in the car are so powerful and they inform who we are. My husband is one of five boys and he had the complete opposite experience of me. Yeah. He's he's seven years younger. The four oldest ones were together and then seven years and then him. And his seat in his car growing up was in the back end of an old station wagon facing out, like yep. looking out yeah, at facing the other backwards. people, yep. facing backwards. And his job in that seat was to just sit and wave and make friends with the people around him 
And if you would meet him today as a grown man, he is exactly that same person. He okay. makes friends with, with the cashier at the grocery store. And he, he's just <laughs> always looking for people to, in a nice way, you know what I mean? Yeah. But no, I got you. It, it's still part of who he is, a big yeah. part well, of who he is. Well, that's what's so crazy yeah. about thinking about this, Ellen, is the idea that the, the similarities of the two of you, because that seven-year gap for him almost creates yes. a different generation where he's an only yes. child. He doesn't have Absolutely. immediate siblings. I tell clients this a lot that it's like, yeah, yes. but they're like five years older. I'm like, yeah, but that's not a that's, that's not a peer sibling. That's right. just a sibling. They they have a whole different world than you do, rather yes, than it's a, a a a cohort going through right. it alongside. And so there's some similarities of just what you're telling your only uh-huh. child his. Uh-huh one of five, but kind of an only pseudo mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. And as well yes. as you're supposed to be in the back and just look good. <laughs> just right, be that's friendly. True. Just for, you know, there's elements <laughs> yes. of, oh man, no wonder you guys made it's made sense with each other. <laughs> it's very true. It's mm-hmm. very true. He also identifies as one of the shoot boys. And in his family, that was huge to be one okay. of these boys. Um, so there's very, he's very much in that and very much not in it. He's very right. different than his four brothers. Right. And so what do you encourage people that could be listening to this that all of a sudden they're, you know, cause I, as I'm hearing you talk and maybe we do this in the extended content and let's, let's just kind of switch roles and you walk me through it as if I was trying to like understand sure. this and, and we'll go personal on the extended content. But up until then, what do you tell people that would be the best to help them get the grasp of, okay, now what, once I kind of picture where I am, you know, on, and what drives me, the role I played, what was my, what was the message overtly and covertly? What do I do with that? How do I, how do I now apply that? Like you're describing your journey has been of, I'm aware of it, but now what? Right. So, the goal of becoming aware of it is to forgive yourself for what it has left you with, to, to learn self-compassion, mm-hmm. to, for you to say, oh, I totally get it. Of course, this is going to scare me. Of course, I'm afraid to be vulnerable in rela- relationships. I was taught this. I was set up to be mm-hmm. in this place. Mm-hmm. And so... What I talk to people about is that we learned this role when we were very young and we were completely dependent and we were powerless, virtually powerless in our families. But as a grown up, we are not powerless anymore. Our body is still going to carry those memories, whether they have words attached to them or not but we get to use our grown-up brain now, our prefrontal cortex brain, and we get to be mindful and intentional about how we want to live and what we choose to do and how we act. We get to, just because we're human. Mm -hmm. And so just because we learned it one way doesn't mean we're stuck there. We can develop new learning. Mm -hmm. And definitely we can develop more self-compassion, 
which will allow us to think, is that really what I want? Yeah. Um, to be more goal directed, to be more values driven, to be less impulsive, less emotionally driven, and actually more aware of our emotions. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those, I mean, self-compassion is one of those difficult things to do at times, it seems. Oh, you know, yes. We can, we can shame bomb ourselves all the time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a, that and seems that's what easy happens in the for car. whatever reason. Mm. Right. It, our cars are, are what teach us to be ashamed of ourselves. Even if no one says that, even mm-hmm. if we have these kind, loving parents, one of our siblings is going to say it. What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Even if it's under their breath, but that's where we learn to just immediately go to shame. Mm -hmm. And we get to unlearn that. We get to learn that the shame is there, but I always talk about us being just a huge mosaic and the shame is just one piece of it. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more of you than just that. Right. And And so so that's what we talk about. The idea of moving to, uh, I, I use the terminology of when I recognize stuff from my past or things that are happening to me, um, what I what I need to learn to do is digest it, which means I take some of the stuff that, and I can use some of that for good. I can look at what all went down and see some of it is there's good parts in it and then the rest needs to be let go and, yes. and, and move right. on from me right and so yes. if you're just if you're describing this process and a person can recognize a self compassion is such a good idea in the sense of a step of i need to just treat myself better i mean i heard i right. heard the quote the other day i don't remember who actually this came from but uh, it was a it was a statement about um, if i if i actually allowed a friend to talk to me the way i talk to me we would not be friends <laughs> that's <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right because it's just so cruel uh, a yes. lot of the times so you you get to that point and then you get to the element of now what do i do with it because you you made the comment early on recognizing it is one thing but going a, doing different is another yes, yes. And to me, that's what therapy is about. It's about helping people recognize it. Um, I had someone just the other day who was talking to me about um, how they just really seem to, this was a man actually, really seemed to have trouble with his wife who was leaving to go on a business trip. And we talked about that in his history, it must have just been, hard for him that he perceived somebody as leaving, even if they didn't leave. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, oh, he got that. Okay. But then what do you do next? Mm -hmm. So you learn how to understand what's going on in your body when this thing happens and you're having a reaction. Okay. And it's, it's always either hurt or pain or fear or sadness, um, something like that. And if we can identify that feeling, it will actually help us to choose our response. So we don't have to just, normally we would be acting to try to 
shut that feeling up. But instead of shutting it up and acting on it, we're going to try to recognize it and then act according to our values. Now, that's not easy. It's Mm -hmm. really not easy. I call it a a practice. It's a practice. It's a journey. It Mm -hmm. takes time. But people do have success, little bits at a time, feeling more in control of things, feeling better about themselves and more in control of their life. And, you know, life happens to us. We have to deal with it. And mm-hmm. so um, th- that that is the ultimate goal. And therapy at every step of that <clears throat> process of encouraging someone to get to the feeling of allowing them to just sit with that makes me sad or that scares me. Um, And then to help them be okay, that it's just a feeling feelings last about 90 seconds and then they go away. And then to help them think about what would you really want here? What would be your value? and to support them through that change process. And yeah. the first time they make a change, they could need a lot of support. They could feel guilty. They could oh, feel... Oh, sure. Right. And so and to it can help even, them it can even magnify that. the fear or the uncertainty because now I'm out in a whole uncharted territory. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing now. And if our identity is whether there are words to it or not. But if our identity is, well, I'm not a person that does that, then when we do it, because, mm-hmm. then it, it requires a lot of shifting on our parts. It's yeah. very hard. But and this is it also can be something extremely rewarding. Absolutely. And so this is something that I'm assuming you would agree with, that the goal ultimately is where I can recognize and do this in real time. But even if I do it after the fact, that's still good ground gained. Oh, yes. It has. It's always started after the fact. Perfect. Um, because it's at first, it's only after the fact that we even have a thought of, oh, I hate that I keep doing this. Or right. this is really just getting to me. What happens to people often is that they go into just rather than a shame cycle, they go into a blame cycle. And they think that what's wrong is what the other person's doing, rather than what's wrong is that my body isn't taking it well. My body's having a feeling. And so they try to get the other person to change what they're doing. This is just the classic thing in marriage. Could you please change your behavior so I can feel better about myself, right? (laughs) Right. But (laughs) it's just comes from such a powerless point of view that I can't feel better about me unless you change. Right. And that's just, yeah, that, right. that's not helpful. Right. That's so good. Yeah, it and doesn't I, mean I, the other person doesn't have to change, but I'm just saying. Well, yeah, that's that element of what's, what do I actually control and influence, which is myself. I, and so if I can change it to where I see it as I can influence them or encourage them, maybe, I can't yes. change them. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not responsible for them. I'm responsible for me. So handle right. my right. steps in the dance, not theirs. For sure. For sure. Perfect. So before we shift into the, the extended content, how, how can people find more of you, Ellen? Because this is the framework and metaphor is fantastic. And so I want more people Thank to, you. Thank to, you. To, to find uh, it and dive in. 
Yes, I would say to go to my website, um, which is ellenyshoot.com. You'll see the book. You'll see some blog posts. You'll see my podcast is on there. I also do a podcast. Not I'm 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 an infant compared to you. Um, <laughs> so um, I I the people on my podcast are people that are talking basically about families in one way or another, and we relate what they're talking to to the car metaphor. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's interesting and. You know, I, I think that that's there. Yes. So my website is the best place to access everything. And the well, book perfect. is called What Drives What Drives You. Yes. Yep. Well, thank you so much. All the information that you just shared, I'll throw in the show notes as well. So those of you listening, you. you can find that there. So, Alan, thank you so much for the time so far. And I'm looking yes. forward to continuing here. Thank you. Me too. It's amazing how often... Life is so much more understandable through metaphors. Yeah, everything. That's why there's parables throughout you know, Jesus' teaching, right? <laughs> Perfect there example, we go. too. Here's parables. Right, because it makes you think. It doesn't just give you the answer. Mm-hmm. It, it gives you some ideas and some things to explore. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I loved about this, di- this dialogue. I remember after we recorded this, when I hung up from the call, it was like, okay, that was a lot of fun. Some of it because I got to spend time in the extended content just... Well, let's do this on me here, Ellen. I'll be the client. Go and hand her the reins. And it, I think, well, I'm putting words in your mouth, but from what I know of you, it was nice to see, hey, here's some things that I've done that I like, mm-hmm. right? Here's some things that I've seen about myself and I've pivoted and made made some transitions here that are have resulted in good things. Mm-hmm. Right. And but so you had to pivot. You had to see it at some point and make a pivot. Absolutely. And so this is just one of those things to have a great, like we've touched about, touched on, a great framework to explore how did I become who I have become? And do I want to stay becoming that? Mm. Or do I need to refine it and focus slightly different and challenge myself? Mm. Because we all have patterns, but patterns can be broken. I mean, that's one of the things I love too is the phrase. Uh, in a lot in our relationships, we're basically dancing, and if I want to change the dance, I have to change my steps. Mm, true. So that's this gives us a great opportunity to look at how I've learned the steps I've got, and do I want to do different or not? Lead well, so I don't step on your toes. Well, transcripts are available on each of the episodes pages at passionatelymarried.net, as well as all the advertisers, deals, and discount codes you can find at passionatelymarried.net. Go to the episode of whatever it is you're listening to, find that page, and all the discount codes are there. So please consider supporting those who help support the show. Wherever you are, however you've taken some time out of your day to listen to us, perhaps you were driving in your car while you were listening and you were wondering, where am I now? Who, who would sit where? And Let us know. If you're alone in the car, I sure hope you're in the driver's seat, though. Well... That's fair, too. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.